Hi there! Whoa, that was high pitched. <laughs> Hello there! Welcome back to Take Some Time Off with me, your host, Maeve. I am so excited about this podcast and I'm really excited that a lot of you are listening. Thank you so much. Um, just so you know, the podcast is now available um, wherever you get your podcasts Google, Apple, Spotify, um, Anchor, the app that I'm using to record the podcast. So um, there's tons of ways to find it. If you are able to like, subscribe, and download uh, my podcast on Apple, that would be super helpful. Um, and leave some reviews if you can. All that stuff um, does some like computer algorithm things that make it um, more accessible to more people, which would be awesome. Um, So like, subscribe, comment. Uh, Have you guys seen um, Eighth Grade, the Bo Burnham movie? It was really weird, but um, I sound like the little 13-year-old YouTube girl in there. I guess everybody says that at the end of their YouTubes, and then they say Gucci. (laughs) So anyway, like, comment, subscribe, Gucci. Here's the podcast. So friends, do you know what we're taking some time off for this week? Self-compassion. Self-compassion. That's a huge deal. And I had an incident this week at work that I wish I could describe to you, but for the sake of the child involved, I won't. But I made a silly mistake that was scary, (laughs) and goofy at work and uh, I went home and felt so so bad about myself Um, which is interesting because part of why I have moved taken this time off picked a low stress job was to uh, remove myself from this kind of constant pressure to achieve and do really well, um, in my career. And, um, it's funny cause now I have a job that I'm actually overqualified for and yet I can still find stuff to, uh, criticize, right? And can't we all, we're all, um, usually our harshest critics. So anyway, I got home and I thought to myself, like one, everything's fine Two, you know, you're competent at this job. Um, so why can't you let this go? Why can't you shake this? And I think what it comes down to is that I am still working on developing self-compassion. And chances are you might be too because it's something that uh, doesn't get addressed much um, and is actually kind of um, confused with other things at times. So Self-compassion is the idea that you love yourself unconditionally. You're there for yourself for better or for worse. When you mess up, when you do great, when you're not doing much of anything at all, you meet yourself where you are and you show yourself some love no matter what. That's my definition of self-compassion, but it often gets confused for self-esteem. 
it's not self-esteem because self-esteem is this thing that you can build up in yourself, but usually you build it up through accomplishments, through validation, external validation. Like you got a bunch of friends or somebody said you're hot or you got a promotion. And so self-esteem is contingent then on success. Self-compassion on the other hand, um, isn't so where self usually if you fail that's when your self-esteem is hit really hard right and this has been the story for me again and again and again like I feel great about myself when someone is telling me that I'm great and then if I get criticism it's really hard for me and then I can like quickly let it consume me and uh, shake my sense of who I am that's self-esteem but self-compassion is there for you, in, especially in those moments when you fail. Self-compassion is saying, hey, yeah, you messed up. Or even that was, yeah, pretty a silly mistake, but I love you anyway. Um, and that is really revolutionary, right? That's something that we don't hear a lot, maybe not even from our loved ones, um, because lots of people didn't have the privilege of growing up that way either. So, we are working on, well, I am working on taking some time to build my self-compassion, my sense of self-love, and I'm hoping that you might want to, too. So let's dig a little deeper. So Kristen Neff is one of the leading researchers in this concept of self-compassion. Um, she has a book called The Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook. She has a really cool TED Talk online. Um, and she actually has a lot of information on her website, self-compassion.org, that I would totally recommend you take a look at. But when I think about self-compassion as somebody who talks about and thinks about self-love like all the time, and if you've ever checked out my uh, fabulous <laughs> Instagram, at city, shout out to my online alter ego, um, Anyway, I, I write a lot about it too. Um, it's something that I care a lot about. Um, so I've kind of thought that like from what I understood about self-love, like, you know, be nice to yourself, take breaks when you need it, take a bath, light a candle, that kind of stuff. I thought like maybe I had it down. <clears throat> um, but the more I thought about my circumstances now in a relatively like stress-free situation um and the fact that I still find things to beat myself up about right and get like disappointed in myself or criticize myself um I realized that I think I needed to dig a little bit deeper into what self-love or self-compassion really looks and feels like so when I was doing that research and I found Kristen Neff um, I actually took a quiz that she has online that has you evaluate, like answer some questions and evaluate um, the areas where you are strong in self-compassion and the areas where you need to develop more. And she isolates three different elements of self-compassion that I have found super helpful. Um, so I'm going to read from her website about the three elements of self-compassion and maybe you can do a mental checklist of whether or not these things sound um, like something you have worked on, have naturally, need to develop a little bit more and then I would totally encourage you to take the quiz because it was actually 
pretty mind-blowing when I um, got around to doing it. Okay, so the first element of self-compassion is self-kindness versus self-judgment. Self-compassion entails being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we suffer, fail, or feel inadequate, rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves with self-criticism. Self-compassionate people recognize that being imperfect, failing, and experiencing life difficulties is inevitable, so they tend to be gentle with themselves when confronted with painful experiences, rather than getting angry when life falls short of set ideals. So when I think about self-kindness versus self-judgment, I think that's some place that I have worked on a lot. Um, I know that my inner critic is very harsh and I also try to be aware of that and to treat myself with kindness instead. So, um, that can look like just telling myself it's okay. Like kind of coaching myself throughout the day in a positive way. Um, and that's self-kindness. <clears throat> the second one though was something I've literally never thought about before and which is common humanity versus isolation. I'm going to read this to you. Frustration at not having things exactly as we want is often accompanied by an irrational but pervasive sense of isolation, as if I were the only person suffering or making mistakes. All humans suffer, however. The very definition of being human means that one is mortal, vulnerable, and imperfect. Therefore, self-compassion involves recognizing that suffering and personal inadequacy is part of the shared human experience, something that we all go through together rather than something that happens to me alone. So when I think about common humanity, I think about the way that I often harp on my own mistakes as if I'm the only person who ever makes them. Um, And that happens to me a lot where it's like I do something or say something weird and (laughs) instead of being like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's people. I think like that's me and not anyone else. And that's so not true. We're all super weird and we all make mistakes and um, that's part of being alive. And, um, if you ever need a reminder, I always like to think about like really shitty movies that I've seen or like really weird ads on TV. And you think about like all of the different people who went through it and like approve this and we're like, yeah, this is an awesome idea. And then it comes out and like pretty unanimously it's bad. Right. So like <laughs> everybody makes mistakes, even, multi-million dollar companies and like famous directors and celebrities and presidents Um, but it's true everybody makes mistakes everybody is is feeling similar to how you are you're not alone and I think reminding yourself of that in moments of stress when you maybe have the urge to be self-critical is huge that's something I'm working on now And the last um, element is mindfulness versus over-identification. So I'll read a portion of this. Um, Kristen Neff writes, Mindfulness is a non-judgmental, receptive mind state in which one observes thoughts and feelings as they are without trying to suppress or deny them. We cannot ignore our pain and feel compassion for it at the same time. At the same time, mindfulness requires that we not be over-identified with thoughts and feelings so that we are caught up and swept away by negative reactivity. When I think about mindfulness versus over-identification, I think about the way that often I let my brain um, ruminate on the negative and not and not the positive, and also that like 
instead of letting those things go, they sit with me. So when I made that mistake this week, for example, um, at work, I came home and like that's the only thing I could think about for a couple of hours. Um, And that's not super mindful. Mindfulness would be noticing that I'm feeling upset, that I'm feeling disappointed, and then not and then letting it go and maybe it doesn't go away right away but kind of accepting it as opposed to um obsessing over it and specifically um identifying with it because that's something I do a lot where I think like I made this mistake I fucked up and so that's something that's wrong with me and my identity. And that's so not true. You are not your success and you are not your failures. You are not any of your words or actions. You're something whole and complete that's uh, bigger than any of those things. So it's not helpful to identify with any mistakes that you make. Um, and it's also just not accurate. Um, so that's something I've been kind of trying to focus on a lot too lately. The fact that, um, I don't need to identify with any one part of my day or action that I make or word that I say that's goofy (laughs) and, um, I can just observe them and let them go and maintain this mindful presence, um, and this internal peace, this internal sense of, uh, a solid identity, that's stronger and more powerful than any compilation of my actions and words. So those are um, Chris and Neff's three elements of self-compassion. I totally recommend that you take the little test online to check them out um, and see where you are strong and where you want to work. But now let's talk about what it looks like to build our self-compassion and how you can take some time this week to do it. And one side note before we get into some like quick steps to take some time to be self-compassionate in the next week or so, um, you might be wondering why this matters? Like, why is it important to be self-compassionate? First of all, um, and this Kristen Neff's research shows this as well as I think you can kind of intuitively, intuitively sense that without self-compassion, um, you can feel guilty often all the time. (laughs) You can, it can lead to anxiety and depression because you're constantly either worried about who you are and how you're acting, or you're sad about that. Um, And then a really interesting thing that she mentions in her TED Talk is um, that alternatively, if you have self-esteem, if you work on building self-esteem instead of self-compassion, you can also become really narcissistic. And um, there's actually like an epidemic um, in the United States right now for of narcissism I mean epidemic is I'm sure like I'm not a scientist and I don't think that's true but um basically the research has shown that in the past 25 years college undergrads have gotten more and more like full of themselves um selves and I think it's because and she she claims that it's because um we're working on developing self-esteem rather than self-compassion so we're like 
finding ways constantly to boost ourselves up often superficially and put others down rather than having this different um, kind of peaceful constant sense of self-love that doesn't rely on those external factors and that doesn't rely on how well anyone else around you is and then here's the other thing that's super important and um if you're a girl listening to this then or a gender non-conforming person then um this is particularly for you because um women have significantly less self-compassion than men um and there's all kinds of of um reasons for that i'm sure um one thing that um dr neff cites in her research is that women um often feel defined by their external appearances um and often are defined by that right um and they're not focused more on who they are within and why that's such a beautiful perfect thing in itself um but anyway women have less than it we need to have more um so let's get more self-compassionate stay tuned to find out how one thing i've realized is that i say stay tuned but i uh there's no like breaks or anything you're just like waiting another like five no like one second until like talk again but anyway i'm glad you stayed tuned um because now we're going to talk about some strategies that you can implement hopefully right now um, to become more self-compassionate if that's something you want to work on too. Uh, The first one that I would like to suggest is therapy. Um, I don't know if that's surprising or not, but um, I think that anyone can benefit from therapy. It doesn't matter if you are struggling with mental illness or not. One thing, I think that's just a characteristic of, of humans, like part of the human condition, is that we are really critical of ourselves. And what I have found so, so beneficial about therapy is that a therapist is there to kind of reflect that self-compassion that you might not have yet. Um, so like, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, yeah, I mean, today I just like fucked up at work because I did this and this and this. And then my therapist has been like, it sounds like you're being really hard on yourself. You know, who else was upset about that? And I was like, well, no one really, but I, I could have done it better. And she's like that, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you didn't do a good job. Right. And, and just having someone to hear you and reflect back to you and to tell you that you're fine, that everything's okay. And that who you are and what you're doing is totally fine. Um, that's like an awesome gift. And if you can afford to have a therapist give it to you, uh, I would say go for it because, you know, we're stuck in our brains and we often can't see the patterns of thought that keep us unhappy, but uh, a therapist that's their job um and maybe you're very lucky and I I am lucky in this way too to have people in my life who do this for me but maybe you have some people in your life that do that for you and maybe you just need to be want to focus on being really open with them when you're feeling self-critical so that they can reflect back at you um an alternative view So tip number one 
is get a therapist. Tip number two is something that was bestowed upon me by a therapist. And that's the concept of treating yourself like you would a small child. Um, so this is like a little bit, I don't know, it might be like a little bit hokey if you're not into this stuff. I felt like it was crazily effective though. So here's what I would do in therapy. Um, a few years ago for like the first few months that I went to therapy, um, I would literally take a pillow, uh, be instructed to take a pillow. Imagine that the pillow was me as a small child, like visualize what I looked like when I was like cute and four. And then talk to myself out loud in front of my therapist um, as I would talk to that little girl. Um, And it's really uncomfortable, a little bit awkward, but also mind-blowing because it sets such a stark contrast between how we often talk to ourselves and how we would talk to other people that we love and care about. Um, so it might sound like, um, you know, like after I have a bad day at work, my adult brain wants to be like, Maeve, I can't believe you fucked that up. You're better than that. My, uh, highest self and my self-compassionate voice might say, just like I would to a kid. Um, I was a teacher, a kid in my class, I would say this too. Like, so you made a mistake. It's Okay. Did you learn from it? Awesome. Tomorrow's going to be different and you're still perfect the way you are, right? And I think about how much children need to hear that, but then how much adults need to hear that too. Um, So having a practice of talking to yourself like you would a small child, particularly you as a small child, um, can be really, really powerful if you're up for it. That's tip number two. My last tip is simply being mindful. So maybe you're at a point where all you want to start doing is just noticing um, those critical thoughts when they come up. The concept of when you treat yourself less than compassionate. Um, One way you can do that is just by noticing as they come up and just flagging it. Oh, that was critical. Or, oh, I could be more compassionate there next time, right? And then let it go. Don't over-identify with that either. Um, You can also do it by journaling. So like maybe if you start journaling, maybe you do morning pages. Maybe you started last week. That would be awesome. Um, And you might notice some patterns there about the way that you treat yourself uh, when you're talking to yourself in your head or on a page. And can you just start to be aware? And then you don't really even have to make much of an effort there. Um... Just noticing can often be enough to start breaking that pattern. If you do feel like you need something else, um, you can always say a mantra like, I love myself exactly as I am, or it's okay to make mistakes um, when those critical thoughts come up, or um, I this is one my therapist and I used to do together, I am pure, perfect, and complete just the way I am. So if you're having a hard time letting those thoughts go, you can replace them um, with some thoughts that are positive and self-compassionate and uh, eventually your brain will change and you'll do that all the time. So 
there you have it. My top three tips for how to be more self-compassionate right now. Number one, get a therapist if it's accessible to you. Uh, Number two, start treating yourself like you would a small child. And number three, uh, just pay more attention to your thoughts. Maybe journal about them and then replace those self-critical thoughts with something like a mantra that refocuses you in the beauty and wholeness of who you really are. Okay, that's it. I hope that you enjoyed taking some time off to learn about self-compassion and I hope that you take some time this week to practice it on your own um, and realize and recognize and call attention to the perfectness that is you. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and review it and share it and all that stuff because um, I would love for it to reach more ears if it's helpful. Um, And with that, I bid you adieu and TTYL and bye. Today's postscript uh, has to do with a new segment of the podcast that I want to start um, next week. The segment will be called, Who Can Relate? Woo! As inspired by the Logic song um, with the suicide hotline number. Um, Sorry, not because I think that that song isn't powerful and that the suicide hotline isn't really important. It really, really is. Um, but I think it's really silly that in the song, uh, he says, who can relate? Who? And I would sample it if I had the money and license to do so. Um, however, the who can relate section will be little tidbits about, um, like an issue that I'm having and something I'm trying to solve, um, maybe some advice or maybe seeking some advice. So if you have anything you want to contribute uh, to the podcast, let me know. Send me a message. Um, You can send me a voice message on the Anchor podcast um, app. So anyway, stay tuned for... Oh, there I go again with the stay tuned. That's cool. Uh, I love myself exactly as I am. But anyway, uh, next time you'll be hearing the Who Can Relate? Woo! segment of the podcast so lots to look forward to have a great week bye